KRCL 90.9 FM, HD1, Salt Lake City, Ogden, Provo, 96.7 FM in Park City, and on the web at krcl.org. Support for Radioactive on KRCL comes from our sustaining members and Mark Miller Subaru. Homegrown's all right with me. Homegrown is the way it should be. Homegrown is a good thing. Plant that bell and let it ring. Welcome to Radioactive. I'm Al Dunn, KRCL's Punk Rock Farmer. Joining me tonight for True Tales of the Agrihood on the Punk Rock Farmer Friday edition of Radioactive is Laura Jones. Hey, hey, how's your garden growing with all the heat we had yesterday? Now it's cooled off a little bit. Um, I have a few of things in <laughs> and going to get really busy this weekend. This is the weekend you're getting it all uh, uh, I th- sorted? I think there's, well, yeah, for sure. Okay. Definitely. Well, uh, last week we had the Wheeler Farm folks on, so I went to the market on Sunday, and people were raring to go for that. You know, it's still early. It's just a few microgreens here and there, so we're going to find out more about some others tonight, right? Yep, we're going to go downtown Farmer's Market with Allison Enerson. We're going to do downtown, and we're going to go rural to Eagle Mountain with Jen Corrington's with us, and she's also the purveyor at uh vintage lily farm out yeah, there we had her a couple weeks back yeah. so uh, i remember her saying she took it over so what's going to happen down there there are so many farmers markets and we're going to do our best to get folks in from them over the next couple weeks here on uh, punk rock farmer friday also got sky watcher leo t with many cultures one sky on the way we have salt lake county animal services here with our annual hot dogs reminder and they brought in luna such a cute dog. Very cute little Ooh, husky dog. Very lovey. And you'll have to check out the show notes because I believe Luna is available to find a forever home. And there's a new hiking club in the county. So if you're looking to get out and maybe you're a bit timid about it, not sure how to do it, Salt Lake County Parks and Rec has a great program for kids, but also mountain conditioning for folks that want to get a little more serious about it. Maybe leave the kids at home. Have some adult fun. <laughs> so stick around for that. In the meantime, Aldine. You know, we always do it. Uh, we have live music. And now we have live music again. <laughs> let's we, explain, uh, right? Let, yes. Let's Two ex- years of Zoom. It's, we did a lot of Zooms. We did a lot of uh, remotes where, oh, Laura and I were at the community college. We were, Laura was in her closet at home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. It was really... It was a lot. It, it was great, but compared to this, it was kind of a drag. I know, right? <laughs> live, live, doing live radio for you all is something I look forward to, and especially on Fridays when we get to talk about getting our hands in the dirt, but to support local musicians. Who do we have tonight? Uh, we have a former Zoom performer with us, <laughs> Charles Frant, uh, from the band called Soap. And the band, they all went to college last year. They're all back, and they're all going to start playing again. But he's here with us. He says he wrote 20 or 30 songs in college, and they're trying to figure out which ones they're going to start doing. Hi, Charles. How you doing? I'm great. How are you guys? Thanks for being here. We really appreciate you taking the time to comment down to the studio and set up for us. So 20 or 30 songs? Yeah, I mean, um, I didn't have a band at college, so it was mostly just about writing. It was very insular and private and you're studying music right right yeah so that, that helped as well you're studying music at berkeley college back east right in boston very cool very cool good stuff good on you my friend what are you going to play for us the song's called cleo cleo is it going to be on the new record it's not but the okay next two will. all right <laughs> go right ahead this is uh charles franta fresh and homegrown right here on KRCL 90.9 FM with Cleo Cleo. Remember when we met on the steps outside the movies? No, not blockbuster movies, the kind only you and I see. It was the first day of winter, and there was no snow on the ground. So we walked beside the buildings to a sunken alley I found. As the night went on, oh, how I held on to you, your spirit, how you didn't want me to pay for you, your spirit, I really like the things that you do. Extreme. 
not tonight. Most people are so flaky, really can't understand why. Are they all self-important, or do they really not like me? Sixteen and delirious, give me, baby, I insist, alright. It's many cultures, one sky, Skywatcher Leo T here. As we look up, look around, and get just a little bit lost in space, Boeing's Starliner spacecraft didn't get lost. It wrapped up its landmark test flight to the International Space Station for NASA this week with a touchdown in New Mexico Wednesday evening, the 25th of May. Starliner, which successfully launched a few days ago, docked with the ISS, later undocked, firing the thrusters to maneuver down at White Sands Missile Range in New Mexico. Congratulations to NASA and Boeing. Hanging in the sky tonight and in the morning, the advancing spring sends Vega high in the east and Capella low in the west. The Kama Bernices cluster glitters shyly way up big and din. And in the dawn, Jupiter aligns with Mars, and peace will guide the planets and love will steer the stars. Arcturus, or as our friend Sandy at Capitol Reef calls it, Archaeopteryx, which is a tricked-out-looking winged dinosaur, Arcturus being a very large red giant that is moving faster than the background stars is thought to have originated in another galaxy and joined the Milky Way when the galaxies passed through each other a long, long time ago. Look above the Wasatch Front are the sandstone flows of central and southern Utah, and you can see it. And coming at the end of May, more fireworks. With a mile-wide asteroid zooming nearly 50,000 miles an hour, comes within 2.5 million miles of Earth on May 27th. And a new meteor shower outburst from a shattered comet may spawn new Tau Herculids. The display on May 30th and 31st, hopefully, the Tau Herculids might erupt, perhaps a thousand an hour. Could rank with one of the best annual meteor displays, we'll find out. Hubble Space Telescope's been busy as usual and spots star formation streams between galaxies. Stars from colliding galaxies flow together in a newly upgraded image from the Hubble Space Telescope, a river of star formation. Also spotting a dwarf spiral galaxy where embedded in the heart of this galaxy is an ultra-luminous X-ray source. Look for the photos on the Skywatcher Leo T Facebook along with other sources and the photos for this segment. And in space exploration in May of 1962, astronaut Scott Carpenter became the second American to orbit the Earth as he flew aboard Aurora 7. And the sky has fascinated humans for a long time. The steady majesty of the sky with its rhythmic patterns has had a captivating effect on human lives from the earliest. High in the Andes of South America, the Milky Way is all about the flow of water. In this environment, elevations drop from 15,000 feet down to sea level over a mere 100 miles. It makes sense that people would be very aware of the movement of this most precious liquid, which can disappear in an instant after a heavy rain. When will the water come down from the heavens? Which way will it go, and how can it best be used to nurture our crops? In ancient times, the Inca say the creator storm god, Verkoka, rose from Lake Titicaca and crossed over the sky, entering the sea off the coast of Ecuador. Residents of the village of Mismine, near the Inca capital of Cusco, Peru, say that the Vilcanota River, a major carrier of water toward the sea, leads back up to the sky in the form of the Milky Way, or Mayu, at the point on the horizon where the river intersects it. The celestial river lines up in the same direction as the flow of the Vilcanota. 
So look up, look around, get a little bit lost in the mountains and in the rivers and in space. Skywatcher Leo T. Uh, Skywatcher Leo T. Volunteers to create that for us every Friday on Punk Rock Farmer Friday, Al. Old drummer about town, right? Yes, Leonard. He uh, was down at Tory not too long ago. I'm waiting to see the photos from uh, his trip down there because it was that lunar eclipse. And it's one of the yeah. dark sky cities. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Lee, if you're listening, we need you to bring some photos to the station. All right. Rallies and resources. Something we do at the top of every show to let you know what's going on. I believe the international market at the fairgrounds starts tomorrow. They're doing it once a month. You know, they've been talking about doing this for uh, a couple of years, and they finally got it off the ground. That's exciting. I'm interested, yeah. for so sure. So go check that out yeah. tomorrow, um, early in the day. Uh, next week, we're going to have the folks from the Ninth West Farmers Market, which is going to be on Sundays. Yep, so. they're trying to put some vim and vigor back into yeah. it, and the woman I talked to seems like she's really got a penchant for it. So, folks, there's plenty to do. Something I wanted to remind you about is the Salt Lake City Public Library book donation drive is tomorrow 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the main location, 210 East, 400 South. So the friends of the Salt Lake City Public Library want your books. And I, you know, just moved like tons of books that I know I'm not going to read again, Al. So I'm just going to go drop them off. And instead of uh, under cover of night slipping them in the deposit return, <laughs> I can take them through the front door. <laughs> but they'll also take your gently used books, CDs, DVDs, Blu-rays, even their vinyl records. Although you could bring those to KRCL first. Um, and that will help out the library. They do their own fundraising by uh, offering those to the community as well. So maybe you're done with it, but it might spark joy for someone else. And you can find the, all that online at krcl.org. One last item before we get to our special guests for rallies and resources. And Sunday, 1 o'clock in the afternoon at the Utah State Capitol is the event Pro-Choice People of Utah, uh, a repro rights gathering. And at 2, they're going to march from the Capitol down to Washington Square. They're still looking for volunteers. And you can get details, again, on the Rallies and Resources page of krcl.org. So we got Charles Franta with some more music, Al. we got uh, farmer's market action. But now we're talking about dogs and hot cars and how to keep them cool. Every time I get this, I, I, I it reminds me that, you know, sometimes we, we forget and others pay the price in, in this case. How many calls last year, Randy Luker, are so far in 2022, actually, about dogs left in cars have you seen? Uh, we haven't seen too many so far this year, uh, but last year we had over 200 at least. Uh, well, most of them ended up well, but... In the average year, I'm, I understand it's like more than 500 calls, people concerned about pets and cars. Yeah, yeah. And you brought Luna with you. Yes. Tell us about Luna. Luna is a two-year-old Siberian Husky. She's super sweet. She's a spayed female, and she loves other dogs, loves people. I mean, you, you guys all noticed that. She was she loving was on us. Loving <laughs> on everybody when she got Black here. and white markings, beautiful. Yep, sweet little brown eyes. She's actually kind of a smaller husky, so that's yeah. just kind of packable is what I say. Ham, too, <laughs> because she was on TV this morning? Yes, absolutely. She's She's been all over today, so she's very – she thinks she's a big deal. How um, many dogs do you have over at Salt Lake County Animal Services these days? Ooh, we've, homes. we've got – at least 30 that are up for adoption right now for yeah. dogs and not counting the ones that are in foster. So this time of year is it starts to get hot. It starts mm -hmm. toying with us, but pretty soon we're going to be to some pretty heavy 90s, right? Absolutely. And then the, the heat of summer. Um, dogs don't sweat the way you and I do to cool off, right? No, absolutely not. They, they don't have sweat glands in their skin. They have sweat glands in their paws, and then they pant to help regulate mm -hmm. their temperature. So they really the only time you'll ever see dog sweat is on the ground when they're really stressed out. So they can't um, cool off too yeah, easy. They don't, mm -hmm. they don't cool off the same way we do, so it's really important that we, we help them regulate their temperature so they're not being left in a hot car. Give us some do's and don'ts uh, for our own pets, mm -hmm. transporting them in cars, but also if we see a dog left in a car. So for your own pets, if you are not going to be with your dog or be able to take your dog with you in into wherever you're going. I'm just going in for a quick I just, slurpee. I just went quickly in the store to grab some chips and some milk. Well, your dog doesn't need to go with you. If you can't take them in with you during the spring, summer months, and even later into the fall because it stays warm. Anytime it's over 70 degrees, just if you're not taking your dog with you into the place, don't take them with you. They're perfectly comfortable at home on the couch in the air conditioning. <laughs> Luna, <laughs> Luna found a spot on our couch yeah. pretty quick. Should I break a window? Don't break a window. It's no, no, no. You are not covered by the Good Samaritan law in Utah. 
so your best bet is to definitely just take pictures, uh, document, call the uh, authorities, so call 911, um, and then make sure that you're checking with the businesses around, like maybe they're in shopping somewhere and mm-hmm. they haven't listened to this radio show and <laughs> they don't know that you should just leave your dog at home in the air conditioning. So what are some signs of pet heat stroke and what should we do regardless of whether it's because they're in a car, it's just a hot day, right. what should you do? Yeah, they're, they're, I mean, they can get heat stroke even because you took them out hiking in the heat of the day and, and they don't have the equipment, like there's not a lot of water around. So they're heavy panting, they're getting lethargic, uh, they're, they're, um, their gums will start turning a darker color, um, so that's something to look at. They'll start feeling a little tacky to your touch, things like that. Um, <laughs> Luna says it's nice and air-conditioned in here right Luna's now. Luna's just stretched out in front of the <laughs> studio door. She says that she'd be she's happy so to cute. stay here. <laughs> she's like, oh, hello. So, yeah, this you close to taking Luna home. Oh, I, this I close. She's, she's a great dog. Yeah. But, yeah, definitely watch when your dog, you're exercising your dogs, especially husky-type dogs and, and like, heavy-coated dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to ever shave a double-coated dog. Like, huskies and different long-haired dogs yeah. are called double-coated. And if people have great intentions, they're, uh, they're going to shave them. They're going to help them feel cooler. But then you're creating more problems. Yeah. So they're, they're extra for actually helps keep them air-conditioned. We feel good like we've done something good for the dog, but that's not how their bodies work. Yeah, it's not how their bodies work. Okay. So don't do that, but definitely – be mindful of when you're taking them out. Be mindful of don't take them and leave them in the car even for yeah. five minutes because it can reach excruciating temperatures in less than 15 minutes. Wow. It can be how hot in 15 minutes so when it's 90 degrees if above. it's 90 degrees right now, in 15 minutes it can be 124. Oh, goodness. Yeah. All right, folks. So <laughs> you have been reminded uh, to yes. keep your hot dogs yes. cool and what to do and not do. Check tonight's show notes for links for all of this information and also to catch up with Luna because Luna is looking for a home, right? She is. She's up for adoption. Our adoption fees for big dogs are $75. She's spayed. She's vaccinated. She's microchipped. She's ready And she's a love. And she's a love. All right. I really like her. Randy, thanks for coming down to the new studios and bringing Luna. Yeah. Yeah, it's been too long. It's good to see you, dear. It has been good too long. I'm I'm happy to be here. Well, we're going to swap out Randy for some other folks from Salt Lake County. And uh, joining us now, we have Liz Salas from Salt Lake County Parks and Rec. And with her, you you brought Josh. And I forgot to ask how to pronounce Josh's last name. Josh, how do you say your last name? You can say Rooser. Rooser. Got it. So what do you all do with Salt Lake County Parks and Rec? We... uh, are part of the community engagement team, so we Just do a lot of uh, the good word. spreading the good word. All right. We have a lot of fun, too. Yeah, you do. I've followed your uh, Facebook account, and full disclosure, Liz and I go way back, so <laughs> puns do. galore may be coming up appropriate. I cannot be the judge of that before they come out of her mouth. But you have a new hiking <laughs> club, right? We do have a new hiking club, and it's a great program that our outdoor program coordinators have started this year. So just last year, uh, you had actually Hillary and Dave, or one of them on to talk about the outdoor program so this year they started hiking club it's for kids ages 8 to 12 all abilities it's five dollars per youth per hike and they'll take them to three different locations around the valley that's so cool so so part of what i understand you're doing at solid county parks and rec is to help people uh Go hiking responsibly. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, some folks just think, oh, I'm just going to put on my shorts and I'm going to go hiking. And there's things to know. Right, Josh? Yeah. Um, and, and hiking isn't intuitive to everybody. Yeah. Uh, a, a lot of people haven't done it before. It can be an intimidating thing to go out on your own. So this is a chance for people to get out into the mountains with some support um, and some guidance. How do I get out? Where, what trails do I go on? How, how can I be a responsible hiker? I mean, we have rock covered mountains here and i'm sure there's tons of trails that start to go up that way and being on the right one is probably a good idea hundreds (laughs) of trails um and this is a great way to just get an introduction um try out some new trails try out some Mm -hmm. hard trails um the descriptions are all on the website and and find a way to get out into the mountains and meet some new people so for kids they're learning trail etiquette they're learning how to behave because i'm guessing their parents don't have to come with them so nope their parents don't have to come but the other thing that they're learning in addition to etiquette and how to manage a trail or navigate a trail is the principles of leave no trace which is really important if we're trying to provide future opportunities for people of all ages in our great outdoors we need to make sure we're respecting the land that we're recreating on and so that's critical there are also historical facts they can learn and of course there's amazing views and then chances to meet other kids and make new friends so it's a pretty cool opportunity 
and we're excited to have the chance to talk about it. Um, I know it's 8 to 12, but if you guys wanted to come. <laughs> <laughs> Chances for uh, parents to get rid of their kids for a minute. Yeah, right? <laughs> well, and, um, you know, like we we're just talking about keeping your, your dogs cool, they're going to learn what happens to you on a hike. So they're going to teach you how to prep for the hike and things to bring with you that are important, such yeah. as water versus your cell phone. Yes. And having worked previously for a sheriff's office, I can tell you that that is one of the biggest reasons search and rescue ends up outside in the summer is people don't plan for uh, appropriately for a hike, whether it's for the weather, whether it's the right attire, I mean, those are usually the reasons that people oftentimes end up in a pretty bad way. So we want to help mm -hmm. people from a young age know the tricks of hiking in a way that is safe and fun. Well, this time of year, we're talking spring runoff. And so lakes, rivers, streams, what have you, are pretty dangerous. Right, Exactly. Josh? Yeah. We, we really want to be safe around water. And water, as people go outside, um, knowing the, the dangers of, of rivers and lakes and streams, that's one of the number one causes of uh, fatal drownings in uh the outdoors. I was just reading a statistic that 86% of people who drown don't have a life jacket on either. And you don't think when you're going to go for a hike, I'm going to jump in the water. Yeah. Maybe I should have a life jacket. And that's so usually boating incidents. Yeah, boating well. incidents. Yep. So just, you know, just got to be safe. And kids learning that from somebody other than their parents, hopefully it sinks in a little deeper, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just returned from Alaska and by all the rivers, they actually have life jackets as a, just in case as a reminder. Um, so oh, that's interesting. Yep. I do that. You have a mountain conditioning uh, series as well. That's more for grownups. I understand. Yeah, that's uh, that's we have two more hikes this month that are happening and those are free for anyone to participate. Same principles. We want to get people out uh, maybe who haven't had those experiences before to learn about hiking in the mountains. So I'm not a very outdoorsy person. So <laughs> looking for something where I could go and feel safe and have some experts with me. That's what Salt Lake County is offering. I see that you also have foraging and fungal focus going on. Yeah, we have all kinds of fun fungal things <laughs> for people to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, for fun guys and, and gals. gals. <laughs> <laughs> I see that uh, foraging Eat Your Weeds, June 13th, 6 to 8 p.m. People can go out and learn to forage. Uh, if you don't know where to start, you can start with weeds, the basic and functionally nutritious weeds that we can harvest, cook, and eat. Yeah. I think it would be fun to maybe at a farmer's market or just some Friday with Al just do a dandelion salad. Yes. And I recently heard you can eat thistle, which I have an <laughs> abundance of. Nice. <laughs> In My your backyard. Used to make thistle soup. Thistle, thistle soup. soup. Yeah. Thistle cool. soup Thursday. Say that five times. Thistle soup. <laughs> uh, that's where danger happens. So uh, you're with Salt Lake County Parks and Rec, and I know from reporting that you you guys need lifeguards. We do need lifeguards. I'll let Josh talk about that. Well, that's, I mean, that's where water safety starts is in our local pools, uh, finding out what it is you need to do to be safe, finding, learning how to swim. Um, but we can't get people into the pools, get people into our training programs and learning to swim unless we have lifeguards. So. How many do you still need? Because pool season starts Memorial yeah, Day. Yeah, we've been training. Uh, we've probably got 100 uh, in training right now. We're probably looking for a couple hundred more. A couple hundred more. And it actually pulls open this weekend, four of them. So we have, um, with Memorial Day weekend, they're opening for the weekend. So don't want to put you on the spot, but if you know the four or can look them up, well, Sure, so I the four vamp. pools are Crestwood, Salt Lake City Sports Complex, Taylorsville, and West Jordan. Excellent. All right, I just want to put one more thing out there, Al, about the lifeguards, because uh, it's not your grandfather's lifeguard job anymore. I mean, you he guys... apply. <laughs> <laughs> and by that, I mean um, you pay a decent wage mm -hmm. and you pay for training, right? Josh. Yeah. Yes. Uh, in the past, I was a lifeguard. I had to pay yeah. for my own training twice. I got my junior lifeguard. <laughs> um, but now we're paying for training. We're, we're paying $14 to learn to be a lifeguard. And once you are in the stand, fifteen fifty-five is the starting wage. So we, uh, yeah. We're and it could be more if up. you have greater experience. So if you used to be a lifeguard, I heard you say, 
you know, come my on My junior down. lifeguard from 1982 would yeah. still hold up my merit badge. <laughs> that will help you get an interview. Life-saving. <laughs> it's great for all ages. Um, for those who want to be a part of their community and they're, they've retired, this is a great opportunity as well. So where do we learn about all of that from hiking to fungal focus to lifeguard? It's easy, right, Josh? It is easy. slco.to slash PR. Great. I will put that in the show notes because I already forgot. <laughs> well, you can say it with us. S-L-C-O. We sing it? <laughs> yeah, we can sing it. <laughs> Give it a punk beat. There we, we go. go. Get Charles to play something <laughs> in the background. Check tonight's show notes, folks, for all the details on the hiking clubs, the foraging, and lifeguard jobs, plus pool hours because pool season starts this weekend. Because pools are cool. And so, just like we want to keep our dogs cool, we want to keep the public cool too and coolers are welcome that's another thing so if you want to come to the pool they are subject to inspection so no glass or alcohol but yes pools are open they're cool and coolers are welcome so if you want to be cool this weekend don't leave your dog in your car and come to a county pool there you go josh liz thanks so much we appreciate it thank you time for some more fresh and homegrown music and charles franta is in 3b al how you doing charles very good. I'm so glad you came to be with us today, really. I'm very happy to be here. And uh, tell us a little bit more about the band, when it started, who's who the members are, that kind of thing. So, because you guys have been practicing again. I mean, you all went to college and went away, and now you're all back here for the summer, and it's kind of cool that you're all getting back together and you're going to do the band again. Right. Well, I wanted a band all of high school, and it finally started to materialize when I asked Quinn, um, Quinn Shumway, um, on lead guitar to join me in my songwriting endeavors, uh, late 10th grade, um, so 2019. Um, and then it just kind of very, very, very slowly fell into place from there, like working connections, getting shows, and um, like finding other musicians to like fill out the sound. And uh, now we have two albums, well, one album out and one album on the way. So tell us about the new record. We talked a little bit about it. When do you have a release date? Yeah, this is the first time I've said it, but it's going to be June 20th. Um, We finally locked down a release date after recording this thing for like two and a half years. You're committed um, now. So are you guys going to practice up a storm and then come back for the record release? Absolutely. Okay. Sounds good. All right. What do we got now? This one is called Epiphone. It's Charles Franta, fresh and homegrown right here on KRCL 90.9 FM. Sitting in your room, not talking much, don't know what to do. You look so beautiful, this incense makes my head whirl. Staring at you, don't know what to do. I just love you more than any.
Gender Bands is a Utah-based nonprofit helping transgender people pay for transition-related costs. Applications for transition grants open November 1st. For details, visit genderbands.org. Support for KRCL comes from Mark Miller Subaru and their Love's Diversity Initiative. Mark Miller Subaru is a proud community partner of Project Rainbow, spreading love together this Utah Pride Month. Learn more at projectrainbowutah.org or markmillersubaru.com. Welcome back to Radioactive. I'm Laura Jones. Coming up at 7 o'clock, it's Democracy Now!, followed by Circus Brown's Not a Sideshow at 8, Friday Night Fallout at 10.30. You can listen on demand to the last two weeks of any show, including this one, at our website, krcl.org. Al Dystrichnine here for the Urban Farm Report. It's always Punk Rock Farmer Friday when Al is here. And uh, Charles Franta, our featured artist tonight, Al. But now it's time for Farmer's Market Talk. Yes, let's do Urban Farm Report here. And, uh, you know, the the best news all around town is that it's Farmer's Market season. And uh, the second best news is you've had a few weeks off. (laughs) (laughs) Allison Allison. Abject fiction. (laughs) Downtown Salt Lake City Farmer's Market starts up on June 4th. And also with this, we have a return farmer from Vintage Lee Farms, and she also runs the Eagle Mountain Farmer's Market, Jen Carrington. Hey, Jen. Hi there. Thanks for being here. Great. Um, it's great to have you guys. Um, the, I, the first thing I want to say is the party last night was fantastic. And, and really, I mean, you know how to put on a spread. Uh, I do. The food was amazing, and it shined like it should. Let's tell all the folks to come to the market to get this food. Yeah, we had a. this was the first party that we've had. We usually do an annual kickoff party every year, and this was the first one we've done since 2019. So it was very anxiety-ridden and <laughs> stress-laden, but it was so much fun, and our community really came out and supported us, and we had... You know, RNA hydroponics and Raul from Tequeños. And I mean, like, we just had like so many of our vendors were there showing up with food. And it's really a chance to celebrate community and to celebrate the start of the market and to come together and meet each other. Like, a lot of our vendors don't ever get the chance to meet each other because they're siloed in their booths. And so it was really fun. And yeah, we're psyched to start. Uh, when you said food, I mean elevated food. The yeah. food was amazing. The tacos were really amazing. Taqueria Tandori. So amazing. And, the, you know, sausage and peppers, that's Italian. Jerome's. That's Italian. Mm. And Jerome's when I say sausage. that, that's like my accent from New York. It's Italian. Well, I've made you buy that before. <laughs> well, I bought so many sausages from Craig that it's... it's I escort <laughs> you personally to his booth and say, buy these things. He's right. incredibly talented. Yes, he is. There was some mushroom concoction. Oh, that was from uh, David Vogel at Blended Table. It took Intermountain Gourmet Mushrooms and did sort of a faux lobster roll. A little brioche. Yeah, with, with a some, homemade brioche. With some marinated mushrooms yeah. on it, like a cold mushroom sandwich. Yeah. It was, it was so good. It was really good. So food, obviously, is one of the one of the reasons you want to go get the best food at farmer's markets. Um, let's talk. Let's go back a little bit and talk about history, how you guys got involved with the market. Jen, I know your story is, is you were a vendor, and now all of a sudden you're taking over the Eagle Mountain. Yes, it is my first year taking over. Um, I am a little bit nervous and excited to be doing this. My good friend, um, is she actually is very passionate about Farmer's Market. She started it, um, this will be the fourth year, so she started four years ago and just wanted to bring that to our community and has um, really wanted to get the food to people. And she is moving um, to a different area of the state and I was crazy enough to sign up to take over. <laughs> and I, I'm crazy enough. Like, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to teach her how to be HBIC at a farmer's market. 
Ah, HBAC, okay. I can't say that on the radio. <laughs> HBIC. Head, right? head bleep in charge. There you go. <laughs> I, know. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Because that's what happens. I mean, farmer's markets are lovely and beautiful, and what, what we do is create a space for people to come and buy amazing fresh food. They have no idea about the weird stuff that goes on <laughs> in the background. True. So you, we're gonna. I'm gonna teach her how to HBAC. Well, I think this is a great uh, combination here because we have Allison here is the huge market, and I'm this you know little kind of boutique market that's starting. We're downtown and we're rural. We're doing yep. a little yeah. take on yeah, both. I like it. You're you're you have 35 to 40 vendors signed up already. We do. That's pretty good for a rural market. And I feel like we've doubled every year, and so I'm just hoping to um, take that you know a little further this year. And um, like we were just discussing before we came on, is really trying to pri find those great produce vendors. We have a lot of food artisans and non-food artisans mm -hmm. and food trucks, but we really want those growers. We really only have a couple of farmers. We're trying to focus on the backyard gardeners because we're hoping that more people are growing their food. And sometimes you have a million zucchinis, you know, that you yes. want to sell. And so we want to bring those people together to, to, so that people know where their food comes from. Mm -hmm. Yes, for sure. This is a big thing. Knowing where it all comes from is whether it's your meats, your produce, your, you know, your dairy stuff. Uh, uh, it's, it's such a, a comforting feeling to know to know the farmer, to know where the food came from, and know the practices involved. And I know you guys both stand by that kind of thing, and and uh, and it, it just shows. I I want to thank you guys for doing what you do. It's yeah. amazing. Thank you. Smaller oh, volume then at Eagle Mountain. So, like you said, if you've got those extra zucchinis, it's a little bit uh, uh, of a lower bar to get in then to say Eagle Mountain versus 31 years at downtown. Absolutely, definitely. Okay. Right now, um, because we are trying to get our farmers, we don't charge a booth fee for farmers. Oh wow! Where we wow. do for all of our other, um, because you know we only have a couple right now, and we're trying to let's we're work to on that. Community. Yes. Let's work on that somehow. Let's. Um, I'll talk to some folks. That would be amazing. We know a lot of farmers. We, we do. We know a lot of farmers. Also, there are a lot of um, people who have, you know, half-acre, acre properties down in that area. And so there are organizations that will come and farm in your backyard, and then those can farm into a farmer's market. So that might be a really great way. A gateway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a really a great link. way, like, like old bug farms, you know, Sharon used to do and Carly used to do. So. Uh -huh. Um, I think there are a lot of really great options on how to get the produce to the people and how to encourage people to grow produce mm -hmm. in their backyards. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the water's going to be scarce this year, but yeah. you can grow a lot. Yeah. And this one has a, a it's pretty ambitious and has uh, Jen here. You have a, actually have a space that you're kind of put aside for some people to maybe come and grow on. I do, and I actually had my first group planted their whole row this week, and it made me so happy. I've got a homeschool group that I've um, offered a section of my property to, and they are so excited, and they keep thanking me, and I'm thanking them for growing this and, and helping my soil and one of the other people that wants to do it, she wants to sell the extra at our market. So I feel like it's a symbiotic relationship. You link with the when, community when. very well down there. And you have folks helping you and coming and doing some chores for you on the farm and I stuff. I do. I think you can make it work. I, I, I really do. I have so much faith in you. And, and when you come back, you come back from time to time, mm. we talk about the success, successes. I know that um, your camp thing is coming up, your farm camp thing, where you're bringing the kids. Talk about that yes. a little bit. This is my second year, and I have um, increased my uh, kids that are coming so excited, and I have repeats that one of my families it made me so happy that the mom said that he doesn't, hasn't stopped talking about it, and he's yeah. so excited to come back. And so just trying to teach uh, kids different parts of a farm, what happens on a farm, what our animals produce for us, how the produce I help them they um, help me plant, and at the end of uh, that, the end of the week, we get to make um, ice cream with the the milk from the cream from our cows. Very cool. So well, that is, is pretty cool. You can wrap awesome. a lot of uh, learning up into all of that. Way yep. to link it all together. Yep. Really cool. Oh, I love the way you do that, Allison. Back to business this year. Yeah. Full, fully back to business. June no, 4th. No June. holding back. What does it mean? We're not holding back. We have 190-something uh, vendors on the north side. 
about 100 art and craft vendors on the south side, so we're back to normal operations. It's going to feel robust. It's going to be um, amazing. I'm really excited. We have a lot of really great new vendors. We have some really good new vendors on the Food Fairway, not the least of which is Taqueria Tandoori. Tandoori Taqueria. <laughs> Never going to get that right. Um, but we, you know, it's just, it feels really good and a little overwhelming, you know, to go back to normal operations, but we're ready for it. And I'm really excited. 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. Pioneer Park, downtown Salt Lake City. June 4th. Um, plan in advance to get there early. <laughs> plan to get there early. I mean, like, you know, it's always kind of a, you know, like the, everybody likes to complain about parking. Walk a block. You're going to be fine. Get your steps in. <laughs> it's fine. Find your produce. Yeah, it's going to be great. Linger, you can linger longer this year. You can Last for sure. Two, we've been, you know, COVID protocols. Eight to one. And I have um, some really fantastic new produce vendors. So there's going to be a lot. Um, fine Tilth Farm. Uh-huh. And... Homegrown Greens. This will be their first year at the downtown market. They were I at winter. Heard of them. Uh-huh. Yeah, and um, some other people. Well, <laughs> it's gonna be great. Joaquim is the fine tool farm guy. Yeah, Joaquim yeah. is really great. I he mean, like great. we just—it's so great to have. It's so—it's changed a lot in the last, you know, ten years. Mm-hmm. There's so many people growing so much earlier in the season. So people would come to the market in June and be like, "Where are the tomatoes?" And we would get really frustrated and say, "Shut up and go away." But now it's like, you should get some greens and some arugula. And they go, okay, fine. (laughs) (laughs) I can't have tomatoes. Like, we're going to have tomatoes for you. And actually, OMG Tomatoes is doing the summer market, so there will be tomatoes. But they'll be gone by like 8.30, so get there early. Well, uh, Al, I want to ask one question really quick, because we're talking with Jen Corrington and how she's trying to get farmers in there. So how has that changed over 31 years? Are your farmers closer to Salt Lake or are they across the state? They, They're across they the plan? state. And, and, and the longest one you have, why do they keep coming back? Um, we represent more than half of the counties in Utah um, at our market. And so a lot of these guys are legacy farms like Smith Orchards and Cooks and uh, Pine and... So they're legacy farmers. They've been on this land for a long time. And then we have people like Fine Tilth or like, you know, Bug is not there anymore. But, you know, some of the smaller sort of backyard urban garden type gardeners. And we welcome everyone in. Um, Why do they keep coming back? Because we draw 200,000 people to the park every Saturday. So, I mean, or not every Saturday, but, you know, throughout the entire season. So... Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it's just like the people come because they know where to get really good food and they know where to come to get local food and they know where to come. Like they can get a coffee, they can relax and they can buy really great, amazing food and they come back for that. And uh, growing the growing the number of vendors is probably helping to get more people. You have a big market with a lot of people there, with a lot of vendors there. You're going to get a lot. The word's going to get out more and you're going to get more people. I, and, you know, it's a way it's probably a building experience, Jen, I'm sure. But I think you're a going along the right lines i think it'll be great jen so, and i are going to talk later about good how, i'm so glad yeah. that you guys are hooking together we're, we're going to talk later about how to get uh some of the other growers i mean like a big farmer like taggies has more stuff than they can get rid right. of in a season right. so like getting like hooking people up with some of these big legacy farmers where they have so much stuff and they can sustain mm-hmm. multiple markets i mean that's really the work that we do at the farmers market uh, network that Utah Farmers Market Network, right. which I'm on. Um, I mean, like, that's our goal. It's like the farmers market downtown is fine. We we don't need what what our job is to do is to help and sustain other markets in every community so that every community has a really good neighborhood market that they can rely on. And how many about in the state? Twenty six, seven, I think. Uh, uh, it's almost thirty. It's almost thirty. Yeah, and that's our job. I mean, like you look at a state like Michigan, they have two hundred and fifty farmers markets and so for us to have less than 30 is it's really hard to grow food here yes. as we discussed <laughs> yes but um we can still do really good markets and we can still bring fresh food to people whether it's grown you know 100 miles away or 50 miles away or whatever there's still opportunity to bring fresh food to every community what are you hearing from the taggies to the newbies about the growing season and the, and the concerns because again really going to get hot early and stay hot long or well, we've seen what's happening in ukraine it's affecting the entire food supply around the globe mm-hmm. so um what's the chatter there's not really a lot of chatter i mean the fruit trees are good 
There was an early freeze, but it didn't affect most of really? my growers. It affected a little bit of some of the apple growers down in Santa Quin. Um, cherries are looking really good. Brigham City didn't really get hit at all. I peaches. Think, no, we're going to have plenty of peaches. Like, good. It really didn't get hit at all. So some of the apples got hit um, down in Santa Quin, Provo area. Um, but I think other than that, it's going to be a great year. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be tough with the heat. The early heat coming on, it's going to be tough. But they well, know how to deal with that. Good. The freeze that we just had that kind of smacked us in did Eagle smack Mountain. You, you had an actual freeze. We we did. It got down to th- well, it got down to thirty two degrees. Your your elevation weekend. is a little high there. I I think that we are a little higher. We were in the eighties, and then it dropped down to thirty two degrees over the weekend with two huge windstorms last weekend i lost one of my high tunnels oh. it was really sad it just yeah. flew away <laughs> it, the plastic is destroyed and hopefully i can fix it but um yeah so we've had that huge temperature fluctuation and that has made for me as a grower is made this spring really tough that there was a lot of rain and cold and and then a little bit of heat and so uh, things are a little bit behind but yes. we're hoping that we can with you know things changing with the weather we can catch up and i'm gonna put a quick pin in that because people don't understand how hard it is to grow food so just we're a high desert please yes yes, take a minute to recognize what the true cost of food is yes this always comes like this is always the message i come back to it's hard to grow food and people like jen and you know whether it's thane taggy or dave daniels or whoever it is it's hard to grow food and they work really hard to do it and so we hope that people value it. We hope that they invest in it, mm-hmm. and, um, and you know, talk to the farmers about what they're talk to the farmers. experiencing. Um, and on that note about how much it costs, I do want to remind folks about the EBT program down at the farmers market. Indeed, we have a pretty robust EBT program. Which we also have for electronic, um, electronic balance transfer food stamps is what they mm-hmm. used to call it. Um, and we do a $30 match, double up food bucks, so you Snap can get... and double up food bucks. Our market does it as well yeah. in Eagle Mountain. Yeah. It's a great program. It's a fantastic program. So you run your car, you take 30 bucks off your EBT, you get $30 for free for produce. It's a really great way to stretch your dollars. It's a really great way to get fresh produce into your kitchen, into your family's, you know, faces. And um, highly recommend that everyone come down and do that. It's a great way to use your benefits. And something that people don't realize with the SNAP and, and Double Up. So S- SNAP uses will um, do only certain types and Double Up will do certain types. But people can even um, buy breads and mm-hmm. and different things um, with that. Yes. Yeah, with you that. can buy so. everything with the wooden tokens. You can buy anything mm-hmm. except for prepared food. Yes. So and you're the transferring the bucks to tokens and the tokens are Good at the taken used at yeah. the vendors. More. That's mm-hmm. right. It's a great program. There were... Um, and I've done a bunch of since I'm new as a manager. I've done several of the trainings this year, and um, they were talking about the how much money has gone back into our state because of that to the vendors, and so it's benefiting people who use the program. But I think it's also benefiting the vendors because people who wouldn't have purchased from them are able to now. Yeah, it benefits mm-hmm. the farmers in a really big way. It really does. What else is going on at the farm, Jen? I know you're. Um, you- your first uh, luncheon might be coming. You're planning farm-to-table luncheon. Yes. You're growing food for it now. You're planting this weekend because of the frost last week. <laughs> I am. Um, actually, today, just before I came in, I was finishing laying drip tape on all of my rows so that I'm ready to plant tomorrow. Good, good. Um, but um, my first farm-to-table lunch will hopefully be in July. And and thanks to the show last time, I got a couple of people that emailed me, so that was to get on my list which that was awesome. So How super can people excited email you? Um, at vintagelilyfarms at gmail.com. And I'm on um, Instagram and Facebook. Um, but something about the market, if it's okay, I wanted yes, to go back and share. So something that I'm changing up this year, little nervous about but excited about. So like all of the other small communities, we have um, a – it's called Pony Express Days in our town, and that is this next weekend. Um, it is their events all throughout the week. We will be in the parade on Saturday, and normally our farmer's market does not start until the week after, but we have been working with the city, and we are going to be at the Pony Express Days. We'll be having the farmer's market. We'll be in a little bit different area than the other vendors, but that's okay because I figure like this is our 
the largest event in our community. And part of the issue of getting the numbers up to attendees is making sure people know about it. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like it was really important, even if we, if, even if we as a market and vendors don't sell a ton that day, if we can connect to our community members and say, hey, come next week, we will be here. I, I'm excited about that. And um, we also have at the end of the season in September, we have a big shop fest thing that brings over 200 vendors and they are letting me um, be part of the planning committee. And I'm so excited about that. I feel like it's a big step forward for our market to really be part of our community. We are not just the you know the side thing that happens sometimes we are a big part of our community and i think that the more people learn about us the more we'll grow and we can benefit our community members that's fantastic. awesome stuff i Funny, love a good rural picnic uh, you know festival i love right? quilt walk in pangoich yep. well remind folks where eagle mountain is yeah so we are um we are west of lehigh west of utah lake so we're very close to saratoga springs and then we're just west of that but eagle mountain is one of the fastest growing communities in utah we are not just this little rural place anymore we have a lot of people out there um, connecting to Saratoga Springs. And how can folks get more details about the market and all the days? We have a um, great website with some inf great information. We It's eaglemountainfarmersmarket.org. We will run um, every Saturday. Um, the hours, the normal hours start on the, on the 11th, June 11th, through the end of September, and it's 9 to 1 every Saturday at Quarry Ride Park. But you will have something on Pony Express days, and yep. if you check the show notes, folks, you'll get all the details. Allison, we got to get back to the particulars here. We have about five minutes before we get another song from Charles Franta, so we don't need to wrap up quite yet. Anything that you want to kind of shout out for folks to to look for that's unique or returning? We're gonna, no, we're gonna have bike like, valet. We <laughs> oh my god, don't even mention that. <laughs> Still trying to hire for bike valet. It's so hard to hire people right now. Um, we're gonna have. Um, some really great new vendors. We have a new gelato vendor. We have some really great new vendors on the food fairway. We're gonna have the most amazing, beautiful selection of produce on opening day. No, there won't be tomatoes, but there will be all the arugula. <laughs> the hydroponic you folks eat. might have. OMG some. will have tomatoes, but I'm telling you, he'll be sold out by 8:30. Yeah. So just get there early. Um, you know, all the baked goods you love, grass-fed meats. Um, we, I mean, like we're back, baby. So it yeah. is. Really fantastic. And then um, about 90 vendors on the art and craft side. Mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're so excited to welcome back our art and craft community in a really full-throated way. They've had a hard two years. They've had a really hard two years. And so we're super psyched about that. Um, I mean, it's just like trying to remember how to go back to normal operations <laughs> is kind of like confuzzling me but uh confuzzling. it's gonna be <laughs> I like that word I like that. that's a cool that's word, a good word. Like um it's gonna be really great and i i hope that and I, I don't even need to hope i know that our community is going to come out and support us in the way that they have every year the way that they did through the really hard covid year the way that they did through the less hard covid year and like we're back so what are you growing this year oh my god I hear well, Al might be helping you out with a few plants. Well, you know, I like to do that thing where I go to Wasatch Community Gardens plant sale and I buy, you know, $200 worth of plants. <laughs> and then um, my husband leaves them outside. Uh -oh. And they all die. <laughs> Guilty of that a little bit as well. So I have no idea what I'm growing. I know I got a Dr. Witchies from Mill Creek Gardens and whatever else Al wants to give me. I have a few plants if you need to. Yeah, couple. I do. I do. I mean, I'm growing everything. You know, I'm growing kale and lettuce. Are and we going to get the quickle uh, uh, programming later in the season so people can do a quick pickle? I hope so. And I think we're going to do that at Liberty. That'd be great. Oh, okay, Liberty Park. Folks. Oh, sorry. Liberty Park Market. We... Um, we're approached by Liberty Wells Community Council to take over the Liberty Park Farmers Market. We are thrilled to have that opportunity. It's a great neighborhood with great vendors. It's on a different day. It's on Thursday nights from 4 p.m. to dusk, so we probably will be doing some quickles there. Um, 55 to 60 vendors, a little bit bigger than it has been in the past, but easy to shop, easy to walk, really great selection of produce and packaged goods and bakeries, and it's going to be really great. I'm, I have every hope. That's fantastic. Yeah. So what are the particulars again for the downtown Salt Lake City Farmer's Market, and where can people go to get details? Downtown Salt Lake City Farmer's Market starts June 4th at 8 a.m. We run until 2 p.m., 350 West, 300 South. Liberty Park Market starts June 16th, 
uh, Tuesdays in Liberty Park, 4 p.m. to dusk. Thursdays. Or Thursdays from Li- in Liberty Park <laughs> from 4 p.m. to dusk. And then um, whatever else someone bosses me into doing. How'd you get involved with the, the farm, whole farmers? We asked Jen. I'm going to ask you. We never got. I don't know if we've ever asked you to tell the story on the on the on the air. Got a couple minutes. How I got involved in farmers markets? Yes, yeah. I've been shopping at the farmers market downtown since I was like, I mean, since like 1997. You just started bossing people around. They gave you. I just started bossing right? people around. And they were like, "You should work here." No, uh, my good friend and predecessor Kim Angeli uh, hired me to teach canning classes. Um, I had gone. I had a couple kids. I went through the Master Food Preserver course with um, USU. And she said, come and teach canning classes. And so I did. And then she was like, we need to start a winter market. Will you do that? And I was like, sure. I don't know. Uh, sure. <laughs> um, she was crazy, too. Yeah. She didn't know what she was getting into. Yeah. So uh, so my good friend Kim brought me on to do the winter market. And then, you know, Kim had done really long, hard time at Downtown Alliance. Now runs a really incredible, successful uh, event production company. So I took over the farmer's market when she left. And uh, it's been 10 years, so. There you go. Legacy, 31 years for the downtown farmer's market. 31 years. What's the website? SLCfarmersmarket.org. Jen Corrington from Eagle Mountain Farmer's Market. Allison Enerson, downtown Salt Lake City Farmer's Market. Thanks so much for coming in. Thank we you appreciate so it. much for having us. True Tales from the Agrihood, Aldine. Check tonight's show notes for links to those markets and how to get involved. Plan your trip for next next weekend. It's, it's next weekend, Allie. Yeah. Can't wait. All right, it's time to close the show. Thanks to all of our guests, and uh, thanks to you for listening. Questions, comments, suggestions, email radioactive at krcl.org. Al, let's go out with another song from our featured guest tonight. Charles, thanks for hanging. Thanks for being here. Like, again, I really I really dig your music, man. It's cool. You're good. Thanks so much for having <laughs> me. I'll be, I'll be back if you let me. Uh, we'll, we'll, we want you to come back with the whole band, for sure. You, you, have, some, you have at least one date where folks can see you. Where, where is it? Yeah, we just uh, got that set in stone. We're playing with Over Under August 21st at the Beehive. Very good. And you'll be playing some more this summer because all the guys in the band, you told me you guys were practicing yesterday. So get ready to... Soap uh, is back. Yeah, soap is back. We're excited. Look out for us. Yeah, it's uh, Soap SLC on Instagram. Very good. All right. So this is Charles Franta, and this one is called Extras, and we're right here, fresh and homegrown on KRCL 90.9 FM. This one has a slow start, but don't worry, it picks up. Okay. From centuries ago, losers like me sit on metal benches in the park. Churchyard so static, it's quaint. The church lot where you'd sit and think. We walk through a vestige of the place where we once lived. The neighborhood isn't the same without you. You don't love me, it's true, it's true, it's true. Neighborhood isn't the same without you. You don't love me, it's true, it's true, it's true. Voices from Sunday service sing the church lot where you'd smoke and drink. Do I even exist in your mind? You're so one of a kind. At 15, depression sets in, the color of your walls weaken. Walk with me and you will see the years passed in this place. The neighborhood isn't the same without you. You don't love me, it's true, it's true, it's true. The neighborhood isn't the same without you. You don't love me, it's true, it's true, it's true.
KRCL, Salt Lake City. Downsizing your car collection or simply tired of looking at that project car sitting in the back of your driveway in pieces? Either way, consider donating it to KRCL and our friends at Cars Inc. will take it from there. No hassles, no fees. You get a tax receipt and KRCL gets a donation. But best of all, the music you love never stops. Visit the support tab at krcl.org for more information and how to donate. Thanks, y'all.